Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure to join you in reading God's Word. Today is Thursday, January 19th, and I'm reading from the New International Version. This year in Project 119, we are taking a walk through Scripture and we're going from creation to new creation. We talked a lot about creation at the beginning of the year, and now we're working through passages of Scripture that speak about the fall, sin, and judgment. But today in Romans 8, we have a beautiful passage. You know, sometimes when you're like, oh, I just, I needed to hear that. Romans 8 was that passage for me today. And the title says, Unwinding the curse. Now, I don't know that the curse is mentioned in Romans 8, but I think this is a good metaphor for us. The curse that came when Adam and Eve disobeyed were several, right? That the ground, they had to work it. It was going to be toilsome labor. Uh, Eve was going to have a lot of pain and childbearing. There was going to be enmity between she and her husband and also between she and the serpent. And because of their sin, death came into the world. As it said yesterday in Romans 5, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. Well, today we're going to see that in contrast to that, because of Jesus, life has come come into the world. And for that, we rejoice. And so that's why we're saying the curse is being unwinded. Romans chapter 8. Life through the Spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, 
For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for listening along as we read God's Word together. Goodness gracious, there's so much I want to talk about here. First, I want to mention the three groanings. The whole creation is groaning, awaiting salvation, and we groan inwardly. And did you notice that the Spirit also groans with, um, with well, it says the Spirit intercedes with us with wordless groans. So even in our inability to fully express our need to God, the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. And then at the end of the passage, it mentions that Christ Jesus, our Lord, is also interceding for us. And then finally, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It reminds me of the main point of Psalm 136, the steadfast love of God endures forever. Let me read for you again the end of verse 39 of Romans chapter 8. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Will you pray with me? Oh, Father, we give you great praise for sending your Son, our Savior, our Lord Jesus, to unwind the curse of sin. Thank you, Lord, that through Christ's death and resurrection, Sin and death have been defeated, and we, through your Spirit, have life. Today, whatever we face, would you remind us of the great hope that we have of our eternal salvation. Thank you, Lord, that in this present life, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Help us to live in accordance with the Spirit and have our minds set on what the Spirit desires so that we might have life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.